As Michael Jordan once said, I'm back. What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catch and Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my splash bro, and my co-host, Zach. Um, before I get started, huge shout out to my bro, Zach, for uh, carrying the pod for the last three episodes. Uh, I really appreciate it, bro. So, um, Zach, how you been, my guy, uh, doing the carrying for the last three episodes? I've been carrying, carrying the Catch and Dubs podcast on my back um after my co-host was running away from the hustle (laughs) the hustle the (laughs) full-time job of working i mean we all need vacation we all need vacation producing episodes no it's just a joke it's all fun and games it's all fun and games ladies and gentlemen it's all it's okay to have fun when your team about to play in the NBA Finals for the sixth time in eight years. So, and this year's opponent is the Boston Celtics, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is gonna be the first matchup since 1964. Um, the regular series and, was uh, one and one. Damn, yeah, he pulled out the history books for this one, eh? I did. I just did like a little quick research before it. <laughs> I had to <laughs> for the context for the viewers. Um, in the win against the Celtics, it was without, I think, either one of Jordan Poole or Wiggins and Clay. And the loss was without Steph, who was injured in the first quarter. And it was Dre's second injury, second game back from injury. Um, first impressions, though, Zach, about this matchup against the Celtics. What do you think? What do you like? Um, are you worried, most importantly? No, not at all. Uh, maybe, maybe. Maybe Warriors proved me wrong in the Western Conference Finals. I said Warriors in seven. I thought the Mavs would push them through the distance, but the Warriors beat them in five. And what happens when they beat them in five? The Warriors haters come out and say that the Warriors, they played a Nuggets team in the first round who were only at Nikola Jokic and they were injured they played a Grizzlies team who only had jaw they played a Mavs team who was by the way fully healthy so I don't understand the excuses for that one um people say that the Celtics had a far tougher path they had to go through the Nets who by the way were a joke um without Ben Simmons (laughs) what was Ben Simmons gonna do um but and then they beat the defending champs the Bucks. Without Chris Middleton. Then they went through um, the Heat. Um, I think one took them seven games. Which I think is a little bit worrisome from the standpoint that the Heat were beat up going into the series and throughout the series. And I didn't think that the Heat were – I think the Heat were a a good team. I think – they were a little bit overhyped. As, and I think they were more of a regular season team who played so well during regular season and got the one seed. Um, but they, the Heat, they beat a Hawks team that wasn't very good. Then they beat a Sixers team who was easily one of the most unserious teams I've seen. I mean, they didn't um, have him beat for games one and two, so you could factor yeah. that in. Um, but... 
So the Celtics, obviously, they had a tougher road. Yeah, I, I think you could say that. Um, I think one thing that stands out to me that the Warriors could – is it the, the works in the Warriors' favor is that I've noticed throughout conference finals when I watch more in-depth is that they, they, they've bl- blown leads a lot in the second half of games. Um, game – Game five. Yeah, game five and game seven are a perfect example. Game seven. You mean game six? Or game six. Game six or game seven. I just know game seven on Sunday. Shoot, man. Sunday night, (laughs) the Celtics were up. Celtics were up up 15 at the end of the first. The Heat cut that all the way down to six at halftime. Oh, it was game seven. It was game seven. Six or eight at halftime. See, he's trying to confuse me. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. Uh... Bro, my gosh. Six (laughs) or eight at halftime. And then the third quarter, um, I believe, the Celtics extended the lead once again. In the fourth quarter, there was just a stretch of just sloppy basketball. But the Celtics got back in the game. And the Celtics ended up winning by four, which was not in my favor because I wanted the public to lose it because it seemed like everyone had Celtics minus three. But, you know, sometimes you just got to be the evilness, man. You just got to be on the opposite side of everyone winning. Um, I think that works to the Warriors' favor. Um, Do you think the rest aspect could be um, a big part going into this finals? From the standpoint that the Celtics, they finished on Sunday, they have Monday, Tuesday, and then they pro- they probably fly to San Francisco tomorrow, and they have NBA Finals media one media day Wednesday and then Thursday. So from the standpoint that the Warriors had probably they had three more days extra, I think Friday, Saturday off, and then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to get ready. So they had two extra days off to get ready for this, while the Celtics. Could have finished in six. Didn't finish it in six. And now they have less days to prepare. Um, One thing that stands out to me is the Celtics. I think the size problem for the Warriors comes into play a little bit. I think just with how Kevon Looney has played throughout the postseason, it doesn't make me tremendously worried. But I think... Robert Williams is going to be an X factor for this series. Um, And yeah, I think I'm going on a tangent, but that's just one thing to bounce off. Yeah, um, I I do agree with you. Um, Robert Williams and Al Horford has caused problems throughout this whole postseason. You looked at what they did against Joel Embiid, what they did against Giannis. I mean, Giannis had 10% less um, and field goal percentage. So that was something that is a concern for the Warriors. Um, but also too, like how the Warriors have been dominant in the paint. I know they're not, they don't have like a big man or anything, but a lot of their wins sometimes when their threes have been fallen is in the paint. And I saw a stat where the Celtics are second least in allowing points in the paint. So um, that's going to be a key thing to watch this series is, the points in the paint battle. Obviously, you can point to the three-point shooting, but I feel like those two teams are just going to like throw haymakers at each other with a three-point contest or something like that. But I feel like whoever wins the points in the paint game is going to win each game every single time. That's my opinion because of how the defense on both sides, because both teams are number one and number two 
and defensive rating. Um, that's going to be playing a big role in how the Warriors look to like play things because they're not going to be trying to go half court every time because the Celtics are pretty good in the half court defense. I think mostly what the Warriors should be looking for is transition offense and just increasing pace of play because the Celtics are pretty much known for having half court offense and just let Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown do their thing. But we saw with how they did with Luca increased pace and it killed the Mavs. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting series, but what do you think the Warriors game plan should be going into this series um, to make sure like, Hey, we're not going to be ran off the floor every single game. We're going to make it competitive. We're going to like make sure we're ready and ready for all this stuff. They turn the ball over. They're getting smacked every single game. If they turn the ball over 15 to 20 times, the Celtics are going to make them pay for that every single time. Um, So that is something that cannot happen. So like, what's Um, the number then? What's the number, like the magic number for the turnovers to be less than? Under 10. (laughs) I don't think that's possible. (laughs) Under 10. Well, it needs to happen. I'm just saying that the Warriors are going to get run off the floor if that that happens. Um, Both these teams are two great defensive teams. That's something to look out for. Um, Both teams, number one and number two in defensive rating. The Warriors were number one in defensive rating for most of the year, I thought. Um, And then they went through that stretch in February, March, April. That ticked down. Um, But the Celtics, they heated up as the season went on, because I remember in December when the Warriors were in Boston um, and the Warriors beat them, I wouldn't say pretty handily, but they beat them. They had a, the I think I remember they had a good lead and they just kind of, yeah. the Celtics kind of made it close. Um, and then they had the game in March where Steph gets his ankle run up on um, and he misses the next 12 games. So, those are the two matchups. So it's an even one-one series. I mean, I think this is going to be such a competitive series, for, both from a uh, sports fans a- aspect or point of view, and just a warrior basketball fans point of view. Um, I think it's going to be good basketball. I think we've seen a lot of blowouts in the postseason. But any blowouts? I hope not. There were so many blowouts this. Yeah, you're right. Um... I just hope it's competitive. Um, I hope it's competitive, but I mean, there, I don't, I don't mind a good blowout when the Warriors are kicking. But hundred percent, hundred percent. But I mean, some of those close ones, a little bit of anxiety and stress inducing, which I don't need for my health. But you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's always good to have some good competitive basketball. I do want to ask you this about like the whole um, the game plan too. Um, the Celtics, I guess they're like, have long wing defenders, right? You got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, a little bit of Grant Williams. Do you think that's going to pose a problem for like the Warriors motion style of offense? Because they can deflect the balls. It can lead to more turnovers. Do you think that's going to be an issue this series? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's you don't me, think me, so? That's me, me being optimistic though. Um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are... I wouldn't say elite. Maybe maybe you can put them in the elite category, but they're very good defenders. But I don't think unless Draymond or Steph are throwing the ball all around the court, 
and making dumb boneheaded turnovers that that will be a problem. I think attacking the PNR where you're, you Steph has a mismatch with Robert Williams or Al Horford on him and he's toying with it on your three point line. Just my one that when Steph toying with a big man, the play that comes to my mind is Steph making Rudy Gobert look foolish in 2017, I think that was, in the postseason in the second round. That's the play that comes to mind. But, I mean, damn, I really went on a tangent there. But, you know. No. No, I agree with you. Um, Warriors have to look for the mismatch, like you said, with the whole Rudy Gobert thing. Like, um, I know Al Horford has done great against Giannis, against KD at times. But yeah, I mean, he's going to be in for a treat when he goes up against Kevon Looney, though. <laughs> I mean, I think Kevon, he's got it covered in the paint. He's got I think so. Hakeem Alar, how do you have Allah Alun Juwan? <laughs> Hakeem Alun Juwan. There you go. <laughs> um, the three guard lineup, I feel like, is going to be a big focal point of this series. You have Steph, Clay, and JP. Um, how worried are you for when it comes to the defensive side? Because we know how the Mavs tried to expose Steph or JP at times. Do you think that's going to be a cause of concern on that end no, of the floor? I don't think so. Jordan Poole, yes. Steph, no. Steph has shown me throughout these past two years, how improved of a defender he is. Um, I still remember that playing game one where John Moran's taken into the hole and Steph just get, gets his hands on it and deflects it away. And he screams, I got that shit locked up. That's when I knew Steph did me. Steph has the confidence of being able to defend any other guard in the league. So I'm not worried about Steph. Jordan Poole, yeah, you could yeah, you can sound the alarm a little bit because he's kind of like a it's a good one for it. Traffic cone out there. Just yeah. not doing anything. <laughs> I think Jordan Poole can become an extremely good defender and becomes somewhat of a two-way player. But right now I think that's the downside of having the three guards out there. I think that's why a huge benefit is having Andrew Wiggins out there. Cause I think Andrew Wiggins would do. I think he just, he's just such a better defender. And I think he can make life harder for Jason Tatum. Um, do I think Jason Tatum is going to be like Luca at times? And he's just going to get, he's just going to put up some shots with his with hands in his face and it's going to go down absolutely but i think from defensive wise i think the best lineup you have out there is steph clay andrew wiggins draymond and loon because just from the fact of how andrew wiggins has been playing i think i think it's that is a lineup you need to see the most i agree 100 percent because you're going to expect a starting lineup of the Celtics of Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, Robert Williams, and Al Horford. So you need to have that inside presence um, with Kavon and Draymond at all times because Robert Williams is known for his offensive rebounding. Granted, I know he has 
basically playing on one leg. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but, like, his impact is still very big in this series because we saw what he did in previous series. We know what he's capable of. So um, the Warriors have to lock in on that and make sure, like, often the rebounds, obviously, the rebounding battle has to be won every single game for the Warriors. Um, if not, they're just going to get killed. Like, how every single Warriors loss has been like, uh, every single time it's loss and rebounding poor shooting turnovers those three um obviously maybe having gary pay in the second auto iggy back at some point in the finals is going to help a lot but the thing is it's a big question mark because there's no really clear t- timetable when all three of those guys come back so like who do you trust at that point to say, Hey, can you give us five minutes in a finals game without those three auto, but without those three, without GP two, oh, without those three. Yeah. Without who those three, I, who do I, trust who would you most? trust defensively off the bench, off the uh, bench, oh, off the bench. Um, no matter if it's defensively or offensively. Yeah. Um, or primarily defensively. I feel like, you could do both. If you say defense or offense, what would you say? Without those three. Without those three. Jeez. Yeah. That's how offensive big. offensively it's Jordan Poole. He can create his own shot. He's great in isolation. He's just an elite shooter. Defensively. I would be shocked if Kuminga got any run this series. Steve Kerr, I don't think he's going to trust putting Kaminga out there. Moses Moody, I think he's earned Steve's trust. Um, we saw that Memphis series with Kaminga. That was a bad experiment. Um, I, so just I, don't, I just don't think it's the wisest thing to have um, Kaminga out there at all. Um, I agree with you. I think... Belly has... A, a, there's some upsides to that he defended Luca quite well in game five um Jordan Poole offensively defensively I would probably have to damn that's hard yeah <laughs> without those three on the floor without those three on the floor it it changes the whole situation for the Warriors because it because they might not be able to play what like Let's be honest. What's the probability they? What's the probability all three of those guys, or even one, are playing game one? Because oh, there's only one. It's Otto Porter Jr. That's the make, only, that's the only guy I see playing game one. Okay. If, then we're, if, it, if we're being if we're being totally honest and not optimistic, only guy I see playing game one is Otto Porter Jr. Yeah, that makes sense. It was not as serious as an injury as GP2s with a fractured elbow and whatever hell, whatever the hell's going on with Iggy. But, <laughs> Old, I mean, man Iggy. <laughs> Old man Iggy. Old man Iggy. Yeah, I think Otto Porter Jr. And I think Otto is going to be key to this series because he's turned into a guy who can guard – who can defensively-wise guard a big like Al Horford um on the perimeter because you know al horford is he's a decent three-point shooter it's under that part of his game is underrated um but yes 
if everyone was healthy, if everyone was healthy, offensively, I'm looking for Jordan Poole off the bench. Defensively, I'm looking for GP2. Optimistically, I think all three of them at one point return. I think the only guy who does not return, if I'm picking one guy who doesn't return, it's Iggy, no matter what. Uh-uh. He's just, I love Andre Godala, but what he's, nah, nah, it has to be Iggy. It has to be Iggy. That's the guy I don't think will return this series. I hope and I think everyone will return at some point during this series, but if there was one guy that, if you're get if you got a gun to my head right now and I had to choose one guy who wouldn't be returning, it's Andre. So, I mean, it could be Andre's last year. So, I mean, Andre could pull off a last series. So, we'll see. Um, I do think they probably, at the latest, all three is probably like game three, to be honest. So, uh, let's just hope all everyone's healthy by then. Um, but moving forward. Um, this series, I feel like there's going to be X factors. Who on the Warriors is going to be your X factors this series? Steph Curry. Okay, besides the besides the big three. Clay <laughs> um, <play> Thompson. <laughs> so besides the big three, my brother. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. Andrew Wiggins, uh, keeping Jason Tatum contained and putting him on Andrew Wiggins Island for two weeks. Jordan Poole not playing so poorly defensively that we can't play him at all. And Andrew Wiggins being aggressive. That means getting in the paint, boxing out. Maybe, no, I'm not going to say that. Do the, do the dirty work, basically. Yeah, this is yeah doing the dirty work in the paint. Offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, posterizing someone every now and then. Aggressive Andrew Wiggins. Draymond. Also another X factor, even though he's a part of the big three. I don't like him. And Draymond, aggressive Draymond equals Warrior success. If Draymond, if Draymond scores 17 points like he did in game five, the Warriors will win this series in five games. They will win this series in five games. If he performed like he did in game five, limited the turnovers, 17 points, eight boards, seven assists. I bet you're off, dog. Dog again, man. I- <laughs> Winning in five games. They're win- That's not my prediction. I'm just saying aggressive Draymond changes the whole series. 100%. That's why um, the Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Dre, and Looney lineup worked is because Draymond was aggressive. If Draymond was like 2019 to like 2021 Draymond, then that lineup is like chalked. You can't have that lineup out there because you would have two non-shooters, one who doesn't look at the basket, and it's basically like a three-on-five on offense sometimes. Um, I do want to look at Looney as an X-factor of this series because we saw how he basically dominated the boards. He dominated the paint sometimes, most, well, most of the time. I think him, the matchup between him, Horford, him versus Williams sometimes is going to be key to watch because is Looney going to get those offensive rebounds when the Celtics decide to go small? Or when is Mooney going to defend Horford the way that he has been doing this whole entire postseason? So I think that ma- that matchup and that um, presence of Looney is going to be key this series, I think. So I think everyone's been waiting for our prediction. So, uh, Zach, 
Prediction time, baby. What do you think? Oh, geez. Um, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I really want to be overconfident and say Warriors in four, Warriors in three, but there's you have to get the four wins, so it's not Warriors in three. That's off the table. Um, part of me wants to say Warriors in five. A, a big part of me wants to say Warriors in five from the fact that Boston didn't have enough rest. They're going into this series after coming out of a seven-game series against Miami, which was hard and tough and hard fought. And I think if the this long rest it gives me two things to worry about. The one thing to worry about with the Warriors, this long rest, the Warriors come out sloppy. They come out in a slump. They shoot poorly, etc. Or they can come out firing on on all cylinders. I don't know what Warriors team we're going to see on Thursday night. I think game one, the Warriors take. Game two, I think it's a toss up that game too. I think I think it's going to be neck and neck all the way through, but I think Boston takes one in game two. Game three, I think the Warriors championship resiliency shows. They go into TD Garden. All the Boston fans are chanting, Steph, go to hell, F you, all that, all that. Warriors take game three. Boston takes game four. And I think after four games, the series tied at 2-2, I think Boston was going to be a little bit worn out with how – how three t- how many tough teams they face to get to this point i think the warriors championship resilience she shows they get it done in five and they win in six that's my prediction warriors in six i do want to that's a good prediction too um i do want to talk about those two things you talked about how the warriors either come out rusty or they come out guns blazing that's that's a good concern to have but like i feel like this rest is so much important because it allows the older guys the vets steph clay dre to get like their legs rested to get everyone healthy so that, you know, you know, no injuries before like having that extra game, right? Because having extra wear and tear is not good for especially like an older core like the Warriors. So I feel like having that long rest is beneficial for this Warriors team, unlike many years before. I really wanted um, to say Warriors in five. I just think Boston is such a good team and is such a well-disciplined team, well-coached team. Defensively, they're the best team in the league. I think that they can seriously cause the Warriors some problems if the Warriors make mistakes like turnovers, dumb fouling, etc. That's why I think it's going to go six or seven. That's why, so if you follow my Twitter, that's why when I said the Warriors in five before that game was, game seven was even over, that's just me being the overconfident Warriors fan. I think the Warriors will win in six. Part of, I think so. I, I, I'm not happy with that decision because I'd like to see them win it on the home floor, but Warriors in six. So I have Warriors in six too, but I feel like the layout would be different because I think Warriors win games one and two. I feel like that home crowd is going to be such a big, big difference for the Warriors wins. I feel like the Celtics protect home court. They get, they win games three and four. Um, and then the Warriors win five and six. I feel like having that, you know, that streak of winning one playoff game on the road is going to show itself in game six. So that's why I think um, Warriors win in six. I feel like six or seven is literally the most reasonable take anything like four, like five, four or five is pretty, 
I don't want I don't want to say delusional, but it's pretty optimistic and confident towards your team if you're a fan of that team, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. But I feel like if I, we're being the, reasonable, it is highly unlikely this is a sweep unless something catastrophic happens. Or unless I, game one, yeah, unless game which, one, like if game one's a blowout, I mean. We can come on this podcast and change our prediction, but I still think it's going to be game Warriors and six. Warriors and six, just like Drake said in 2019. Raptors and six. Warriors and six this year. I mean, but I think if we were going to compare the finals opponents that the Warriors have had to face these six times, I think the best finals team that they've won up against. You can make an argument. I think, it, I think I think it's a three-way tie between Toronto in 2019 with a starting lineup of Kyle Lowry, Red Van Vliet, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, um, Marcus All. Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I said Big Booty Lowry. Um, oh. And then 2017 of what a Kyrie, Jr. Uh, Kevin Love, Jr. Smith, Tristan Thompson. And LeBron, and then this Celtics team. This Celtics team is a underrated, good young team with Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, Al Horford. I think it's a threat. I, I think out of those three teams, I think personally, in my opinion, that 2019 Raptors team was the toughest. Um, I still think if KD was healthy, if Clay wasn't out for game three. Game six didn't happen. I think the Warriors would have won that series in five. Um, but I think I, I would respect arguments saying that the 2017 Cavs team was the best or the Celtics team was the best. I don't think the Celtics team is the best. I think they're probably second or third behind the Cavs and the Raptors. But I think, I think the 17 Cavs is a better team than the 19 Raptors. Obviously, the 17 Cavs are much better offensively. The Raptors are much better defensively. So, I mean, it's up to preference whether offense is def- offense trumps defense or defense trumps offense. But, I mean, for me, I would take good offense versus good defense because I think at the end of the day, offense will um, beat defenses, basically. I know the saying defenses win championships, but, I mean, when you got that level of talent with Kyrie – and LeBron, I feel like they would torch any defense. I know they didn't torch the the seventeen Warriors, but I mean, that's that's a different story. But I feel like if the Cavs went up against the Raptors, the twenty nineteen Raptors, I think they win that series in like five or six, in my opinion. Yeah. That so Raptors, for me, that Raptors team was a little bit of a team of destiny with how. They won that second round series on a buzzer beater. They beat Giannis in the conference finals. And I think they did get lucky. I think if Katie was seriously healthy, that series would have been totally different. And I think it would have worked out to the Warriors' favor. I mean, if the Warriors were serious that whole postseason, they would have won it easily. The Warriors should have won in four against the Clippers. They decided to be unserious and push that series to six. And it caused wear and tear on. Katie Clay, and which caused those injuries. You can make an argument that Houston series should have probably won in five instead of six. So, I mean, there's always that art. There's always going to be that conversation to be had, 
but obviously you're right. Kano with Katie healthy, Clay healthy, Warriors win that series easily. Even then, if Clay didn't get hurt in game six, you can make the argument the Warriors could have won it all. That's just me. But um, it's a hypothetical. I don't like talking about hypotheticals. We're just in the here and now. So, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, 17 Cavs is probably the number one finals opponent opponent that the Warriors have faced throughout their six times, which is crazy because six times in eight years is really um, – it's really wild to think about. I know I haven't said it on the podcast yet, um, but six years in the finals in eight years is really wild. And I don't think you will ever see that for a long time. I know Michael Jordan did it. I know LeBron did it. I know LeBron did it like nine times straight, but still, that feat is very impressive. So, yeah. Um, Warriors or Celtics, man. I'm hella excited. I'm really excited. So, like, um, I look forward to it. Um, I wish it was on TNT, though, not on um, ABC or ESPN. So, oh, Mike Brown and or Mike Breen and Steph Curry are uh, like a romantic relationship I need in my life. You know, they're like something I need to like live. Just Steph and Clay and hitting those threes and Mike Breen yelling, um, bang. I just need that in my life, man. You know, you know, Yeah. and I think if I were, if I had it, if I had it my way, it would be Ernie, Shaq, Chuck, and Kenny with pregame. And then Mike Breen as Mike Breen, Mark Jackson, Jeff and Gundy as play-by-play. If I had a hundred percent, um, even though Mike, Mark Jackson and, uh, JVG can get on my nerves a little bit and are a little bit annoying. I mean, I would rather have that. I would rather have that combo. Yeah, I'd rather have that than Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller, in my opinion. Um, but that's just me. And I'm just lay out a real hot take right here. I don't think it's too much of a hot take, but if Steph wins his fourth title this year, he's arguably a top 10 player of all time. I mean, where is he at right now for you? Uh, right now he's at number 12. Number eleven. Okay. Number, I feel right, like he's right outside the top ten. I love Steph. Steph, easily my favorite player of all time, and I think in all sports. I just think he to put him over the top. It's number four, and I think if he wins two more, he's a top five. I seriously think he's top five. I think. I think he's arguably right now the best point guard of all time. I think he's above Magic currently with just from the fact that he's hit the most three-pointers in the history of the NBA, greatest shooter of all time, three championships, unanimous MVP. Um, But like the advanced stat nerds say and the people who judge him off finals MVPs for some freaking reason. It only he, became an argument in 2015. Yeah, exactly. Um, but – He's top 10. He he will be top 10 when he wins number four. I agree, too. I feel like this is really key. And when he when he wins number five, if that happens, hopefully he's top five. So I personally want to see him win number six just for my, like, happiness. Because, you know, if he, wins, if he wins six, he's right behind MJ. No debate. No debate. 
I see that argument. If he went six he and three, right behind MJ, LeBron currently right now is thirty-eight. I don't think he wins another one. And I said it after twenty twenty, when he won in uh, October twenty twenty in the bubble. He will he will not win another championship. I got that in my Snapchat memories right now, man. He will he- not win another title. You look at that team too for the Lakers. They're not they're not getting off Russell Westbrook's contract. So uh that's probably another lost season to be I honest. Think I, the Western Conference is only going to get tougher, but I think you cannot doubt these three of Steph, Clay and Draymond. No matter how old they are, man. Steph is 34 and he is yes, granted he this is like the Warriors time to win the title because of how this run is shaped out but i still think no matter how tough the west can get with these three on your team you can't doubt the warriors you can't doubt them 100 percent. and honestly the playoffs get so unexpected sometimes because injuries happen matchups go in your favor so it's literally like i said sometimes luck is sometimes a little bit involved but i mean it's how you deal with what's in front of you. And the Warriors have done just that every single time. I know people want to give excuses, but hey, I mean, the Warriors literally faced with what was in front of them and they prevailed. So um, I, I know to say the Clippers are probably the one to watch, but I mean, when was the last time Kawhi and Paul George were healthy on the same court together? Just last throwing that out the first there. First round, second round, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And do you really trust Jamal Murray coming off an ACL tear? I think Jamal Murray is a hell of a player, but like you realistically, going off topic, look at the Western Conference and the contenders next year. I think it, the Suns are pretty much chalked if Chris Paul. Yeah, they're re- cooked. They're cooked. If, if Chris Paul retires or if nothing works out, they're, going, they're not going to give DeAndre Aiden the max. So he's gone. They're going to get Devin Booker most likely at the max. Um, so the Suns window has pretty much shut closed. <laughs> it's like you're done. The yeah, their window's over. Um, for Memphis, the Grizzlies. I want to say thing for Memphis. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are always going to be tough. Then you have the Clippers. You have the late. As much as I hate the Lakers and don't think they're serious, I think you have to include the Lakers. Um, the Nuggets. Um, the Mavs are, are going to be probably better. I think Utah probably blows it up. The Pelicans um, are an interesting watch, honestly. Pelicans. I mean, I just think the Warriors, you just can't count them out. Even at, even with how tough the West is going to get with everyone healthy, I still think they're going to be that top five team in the Western Conference. Because I, I, I still think that, like I said on previous episodes, when Andrew Wiggins was playing at a high level, earlier in the playoffs against Memphis, I still think that the the front office is going to make it work. Andrew Wiggins is going to be here next year. Jordan Poole is going to be next, here next year. I don't promise all the bench guys, to, bench depth to be here next year, but I think those two guys will be here next year. I think Jordan Poole is going to get paid. I think Kevon Looney is going to get paid. And I think Andrew Wiggins will be back. So, and I think GP2, Otto, hopefully all of them will be back as well. I just think, can't doubt Steph, Clay, and Draymond. That's it. End of story. I agree. Um, I do think too. I mean, there's probably might just run it back too. 
despite the outcome. They're probably just going to run it back, I think. I also want to I want to talk about Memphis too because I think they're going to be great for years to come. But I feel like they have one more year because you you know you have John Morant going to get a super max. You got Jaron Jackson Jr. who's going to ask for more money. Desmond Bain's going to ask for more money. So that team could be in salary cap hell, and they're going to have to make some tough decisions too. So I feel like Memphis's window is star. I don't know if I don't know what to say. Because of that salary cap, I feel like it's either it's like in the middle for me. It's either pretty open. Warriors or like, have, Warriors have the Warriors have an extreme advantage of having an owner who wants to win, and Joe Lacob. And I know you can question that all you want by saying that him saying that they're a media technology company and they perform and all that BS. But I think I th- just think the Warriors are going to be so much better next year, just from the fact that Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody are 19 years old and they were playing playoff minutes this year, and they're only going to get better next year. So I mean, enough with talking about the future. The NBA Finals are on Thursday, so going to be a fun one. Game one Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, sadly. You know, Catching Dubs podcast should have probably started to go find me to get some tickets, but Joey Lightyears, man. What's up with those tickets, man? Throws those up. Um, I mean, I think you look at the Boston prices, might as well just fly to Boston and go to the game to see them. Um, but game one, Thursday. Hopefully the Warriors play some serious basketball, start off with the 1-0 series lead. Um, that's all we can hope for. I mean, and we'll be here to recap game one in episode number 96, I believe. This is episode 97. 97. 97. Episode 97. Oh, we're getting close to 100. I mean, yes, sir, boy. Episode 100 will be after game four. Will the Warriors sweep? Question mark. I doubt it, but it's fine. Um, episode 96 in the books. So what? So you should enjoy yourself, yeah, yeah. You should enjoy yourself.